Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Easter, we bless his name. May his name continually be with us in the name of Jesus Christ. One thing I will just start off with is that the fact, see, there are, I get there are, there are school of thoughts of why Sundays, a Sunday and things like that, why we do services on Sunday and things like that. But let me just say this to us. One is that in the Jewish tradition, Sabbath is on Saturday, or Friday is on Saturday. That's when they do Sabbath. And the first day of the week is going to be Sunday. Reason why Christians gather on Sunday is because resurrection happened on Sunday. That is why, so when we gather, we are reminding ourselves that Jesus rose. So, at resurrection, so that's why we gather on Sunday. I'm not saying you cannot gather, you know that you don't get me wrong, but the early church, the reason why they were gathering on Sunday is because it was the day of resurrection. I know there are school of thought out there who say that, you know, guess what, it's uh, the Greek word, the, the God of Son and X, Y, Z, yeah, because we are following the Greek calendar. So, amen. I just want to start off with that so that we kind of understand why these days are important. Why these days are important. And see, when, when you begin to look at the Bible, there are certain things that somebody called me from, I was speaking to a group of people from America, and were, they were asking me questions, and one of them asked me and said, ah, sir, why, why is it that, you know, there are so many books out there, and, you know, people read all sorts of books, like the seven books of Moses, and things like, all these kind of things. And I said, ah, why, why is it that we don't, why is that I don't read such books? I said, because... I'm not saying that those books do not exist, but the problem is that people do not understand why the Bible was written. People say that, uh, I was speaking to somebody who believes in um, um, black consciousness, and this black consciousness group and things like that, and, and, and he was saying to me that there are, there, are other, there are other books out there, and I said, yes, I said, but the problem with Christians, why people read all that kind of books, because they don't understand why the Bible is written. The Bible is written for a particular purpose by God. Does that make sense? That is why you will see that in the days of Daniel, there were other people in the world. Why is it that Zul Daniel and that records about it? Because there is a certain reason why the Bible is written. You see that in, in, in John chapter 20, from verse 30, the Bible says, in verse 10, the Bible says, Bible says, truly Jesus did many signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So basically, the Bible is saying there are books out there, but they are not relevant to what the Bible is saying. But the problem is that Christians don't even understand why the Bible was written. What was the why was it written from Genesis to what was God trying to achieve? So people say, ah, oh, you know, how seven books of Moses, that book is powerful. It has nothing to do with you because it is not part of the message that God is sending. 
Does that make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. Why am I saying this? Is that, see, our faith is like what they call house of, um, house of cards. Like you have the next, like, the, 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 that ha, ha, house of, so basically, what, what does this mean? If you take one of these cards away, what happens? This old pack falls. Now, as Christians, there are basic foundations of our faith. That once that those foundations are not understood, then every other thing that we do makes no sense. And one of those foundations is resurrection. One of those foundations is resurrection. First Corinthians chapter one, uh, sorry, first Corinthians chapter fifteen, from verse one to four. The Bible says, therefore, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, by which you sorry, which you also receive and which you stand, by which you were you you are saved. So basically say that this is the gospel that, that by which you got saved. Now if you go to the street, it says that for I delivered to you. First of all, that which I also received, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. Now, another version will tell you of first importance. This is the first thing you need to understand. That Jesus died, he was buried, and he resurrected. That is why in the creed that we read, the Apostles' Creed, it is clearly written. I believe in Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, in Jesus Christ, who was, who was um, crucified by Pontius Pilate, buried and resurrected. Why is it important? Why it is important is that that is our that is the foundation. It, it is not just slot in programs so that people can read something. It is our declaration of faith. It is our declaration of faith. In fact, it was so important to Paul that when Paul was talking to Timothy in chapter 2, verse, verse 6, he says, uh, verse 8, 7 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, he says, remember that Jesus, the seed of David, was raised and died according to my gospel. So the gospel that I taught you, if you do not include the resurrection of Jesus, that gospel is incomplete. And why was Paul talking about that? Because there were people, if you go to verse 18, there were people within the fold who were telling people, said, who have strayed concerning the truth. Saying that resurrection has already passed. So that means that people are saying that, yeah, we know about resurrection, but it has nothing to do with us. The Bible says that these people, they have strayed away from the truth. The truth, the, 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 the challenge in the body of Christ now is that most Christians see resurrection as a past story. And this is what Paul was talking to Timothy about. 
be reminded. And I said that was why the church said, you know, we will only be meeting on one day, Sunday. Why? Because that was the day Jesus resurrected. So that even if you forget, when you come to church on Sunday, you will know it's resurrection day. And those things are passed over the years. And when you ask a Christian, why do you gather on Sunday? They have no clue. So what we say is Sabbath. But Sabbath is Friday and Saturday. According to the Jewish calendar. So what I'm asking is, why did Peter, Paul and the rest tie the church to that first day? Because they wanted people not to forget. If you forget anything, make sure you don't forget the resurrection. Make sure you don't forget the resurrection. Why? Because Paul said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, Paul said that, and if Christ is not risen, our faith is futile, and you are dead in your sins, you remain in your sins. What is Paul saying? He says, if, if Jesus did not resurrect, there is no Christianity. You have no faith. Your faith makes no sense. In fact, it got to a point, Paul said that we, are, we will be the most miserable people on earth. If Jesus is not resurrect, and we are what we call ourselves Christians, we are the most miserable on earth. Now, what I'm trying to say to you is that the way the apostles took resurrection, what it meant to them, and we'll be looking at why it was resurrection. What is the big deal about resurrection? Why is it that that is what determines who I am as a Christian? <clears throat> One thing I would say to us to challenge it this way. I saw this, I, 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 I saw this quote and I think it's, it's quite interesting. As Christians, we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. I would lay emphasis on it as we go. As Christians, we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. My normal example would be, if Nigerian were going to walk up now, we are not going there to wake up. <laughs> no, it's the truth. See, you can pray to Those that are going, they know that they are not there to go and walk up. So they are not... They are not fighting from victory. But if Brazil or Argentina were going, their mind is, we are going to win. You don't need to pray about it. They know. All the ones that say, ah, we know that, you know, Nigeria is killing. If it is African nations go, yes. But the World Cup, it's not, it's not there. So, what I'm trying to say is that one country is fighting for victory, another one is fighting from victory. They are both in the same competition. So, as Christians, we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from the position of victory. That's why Jesus will say that 
our, our Father who is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it's already done, it is already settled in heaven. Prayer is bringing what God has said to reality. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So let's just quickly look at, I would be laying emphasis on a couple of things that happened on resurrection. There are so many things, there are quite a lot of things that Stalado was pointing to, to, come to, to one um, he, 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 when she was doing the prayers, but I would, I would just lay emphasis on two and so that we can kind of understand what happened at resurrection. Now, before Jesus came and while he was on earth, nobody has entered heaven. After Adam lost position, no one went to heaven. That's why Jesus himself said this. He said, this is Jesus talking. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. What is he saying? Nobody has been to heaven, but the one that ascended from heaven. This is the point. That is why, you know, Resurrection is quite important to the Christian world. Now, that was why when Jesus was talking to the thief at the at the side, at the at the um, at the other at the other hand, basically on the right or left hand, on the hand, Amen, <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said, He said, the Bible says, and. And Jesus answered and said, surely today you will be with me where? In paradise. But when Jesus died, where did he go? Hell. So is that Jesus was lying? Or you forgot that his train ticket was going to hell? Jesus never said, you will meet me in heaven. He said, today you will meet me in paradise. So where does the Bible call paradise? Now, when Jesus was giving a story in Luke chapter 16, if you read from, I think, verse 19 or whatever, but we'll just pick on verse 22 just because of our time. When Jesus was talking in Luke chapter 16, he was talking about the rich man and Nazareth. I've read before. If not, you can read it at home. It would be nice for you to read it. Luke chapter 16. Amen. Now, Jesus was not saying a parable. Because each time Jesus talks in parable, he will tell you this is a parable. But in this particular story, he did not say it was a parable. He said there was a rich man and a poor man called Nazareth. He said when they both died, angels took them. He took one to hell and he took the other one to the bosom of Abraham. 
was at the bosom of Abraham and the other one was in hell. I have a couple of slides for you just to see what I'm talking about. This is the grave. When people die, before Jesus departed, there are two compartments. One is called hell. The other one is called Shell. Amen. I'll show you it's in the Bible, don't worry. So when people die, even though you live a righteous life, you go to the bosom of Abraham. Because nobody has ascended like Jesus said. That was why, that was what, okay, let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 37. Now, see what Jacob was talking about. Jacob and all his son and all his daughter rose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. This is David. This is Jacob talking. Please, see what he said. He said, shall I go down into the grave in mourning? If you read another version, it will tell you, shall I go down into hell? The New King James. Do I have to use version or something there, please? He said, shall I go down to hell or shall I go down into and for I shall go down into the grave to my son in the morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So, but when the Bible talks about when the Bible talks about the fact of you going down when the Bible talks about going down into into the grave, is not only talking about it's not talking about grave as uh, I like it now, grave as you as you would, um, you will probably see it. It goes, it goes down to talk about that. Shall I go? Sorry, I'm just okay. If I read the English Standard Version to you, it says, Shall I go down to Shield to see my son morning? Shall I go down to Shield to see my son morning? It's also a definition for hell. That's why when the Bible, when Jesus was. When Jesus went down to hell, he went, you will see that if, you, if you're looking for different versions, you will see what I just said to you in the Holmes version, in the Good News, um, uh, sorry, um, in the, hallelujah, amen. amen, in the Christian Standard Version Bible. But I should have bring it, brought different kind of um, translations or whatever it is. But all I'm just saying is I just chose that because that was a story that we all know. And as we go further, you would see what I'm trying to say. Is that, okay, let, if you go to Acts chapter 2. Now, Jesus said, you will not leave my soul in Hades. If you read on that passage, it will tell you, you will not leave the soul of the servant in hell. So when Jesus went down, there were other people there. That was why when Jesus resurrected, there were other people that resurrected with him. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, um, if you read from verse 8 to 9, it said, Therefore, 
He that ascended on high, this is Jesus, he led the captive captives and gave gifts to men. When did Jesus lead the captives captive? It was when he resurrected. What am I saying, Lord? It's in me. If Jesus did not resurrect, nobody is living that place. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's why the Bible says that the day he resurrected, there were people, righteous people, who were coming out of their grave. Because if Jesus did not resurrect, everybody would be there. That is why resurrection is one of the major cornerstones of the Christian faith. Because if we, if Christ did not die, so he died, Christ did not resurrect, then we are going nowhere. You see that in Matthew chapter 27, verse 52. The Bible says that, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep rose. And what happened is that that part of Abraham's bosom was taken away from where it was. That's why you read Isaiah will say that hell began to enlarge itself. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 14. It says, therefore, she'll enlarge itself. Can I, can I someone read King James Version for me? Just to um, make um, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 14. Therefore, show as a large itself and open its mouth beyond measure. Now, when we, what he's saying basically is that hell began. You know, we said where Jesus went to was Hades. They call it Hades, they call it Shield, they call it hell. Therefore, yes, ma'am. Hell had enlarged herself. Therefore, hell, that's the same word I said to, we were speaking about. So when Jesus removed that compartment away, hell began to expand itself. So who were those that were there? People who had obeyed God, they didn't know Jesus, but they had obeyed God. That was why David was praying in Psalm 67, was talking about, you will not leave, let your servant to see corruption. You will not leave me in hell. Because at that point, everybody was there. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Amen. Shut him down. Amen. Just wanted to just point out one thing to us. Do we all get to that point where nobody went to heaven? As Jesus said. Don't know if I should do this. I know that for some of we struggle with it because the Bible says Enoch. So did Jesus forget about Enoch? He didn't forget. But the Bible did not say Enoch went to heaven. The Bible said God took Enoch. Let's see this. I didn't put it. Let's open our Bibles if we can. 
Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. The Bible said God took Enoch. God took Enoch. And Enoch walked with God. Yes. And he was not, for God took him. Exactly. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it says exactly the same thing. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Amen. The Bible always stopped short of saying he took him to heaven. Does this make sense to us? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. I just wanted to clarify our talk because I know that people may be kind of finding but the Bible says this. And that person is Elijah. How many of us have heard the story of Elijah before? That Elijah was taken to where? Heaven. Let's open our Bible to um, Second Kings. I just want to show you this. Second Kings, please. Chapter 2. If you read verse 2 and 3. Then Elijah said to Elisha, mm-hmm. Stay here, mm-hmm. please, mm-hmm. for the Lord has sent me on Bethel. Please notice what Elijah said. I know that this would. Notice what Elijah said. Elijah said, God has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah, Elijah said, You will not go except um, I will not let you go. Do we get to that point? Let's go to verse 11 of that same chapter, the normal one we normally go to. Then it happened, uh-huh. as they continued on and talked, as they were continuing to talk, yes, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, yes, sir. and separated the two of them. Please notice what the Bible says, he said. The Bible says he separated both of them. And Elijah went by a whirlwind into heaven. Please, I will say something and I want you to please read the Bible well. This way, I was saying to myself, I'm, I'm quite struggling to, to teach certain things. But read the Bible well. He did not say Elijah followed the chariot. He said, wild wind took Elijah. Is that what the Bible says? I'm not, I'm not telling you what the, I'm just telling you to read it. God help us in Jesus' name. Are we together? Okay, let us take it a little bit further. That same chapter. When you now go to verse 16. Then they said to him, Yes. Look now. Now, this is Elijah going. They said to him, Yes, sir. There are 50 strong men with your servants. Uh huh. Please let them go and search for your master. So, people said, What happened? It is a day that you better get go and look for somebody to say to look for him. Yes, sir. Lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him upon the mountain. Exactly. Or into some valley. Uh-huh. And he said, uh-huh. You shall not send anyone. Now he said, You shall not send anyone. Elijah talking. What did verse 17 now say? But when they urged him until he was ashamed. He was ashamed. Yes. He said. He said, Send them. Go and look for Elijah for me. Are we making sense? 
Hallelujah. I know this is a lot of years of this is what we see. I'm just showing you what the Bible says. Because if that was right, what Jesus said would be wrong. Does that make sense? If you go to second, that second Kings, we are staying there. I'm just going to show you more thing. Verse 3, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, mm -hmm. Is there no prophet of the Lord here? So please notice the person that said, Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of God in here? That we may inquire of the Lord by him. Yes. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, uh -huh. Elisha the son of Shaphat yes. is here. Uh -huh. He poured water on the hands of Elijah. God bless you, man. So what happened at that point? Elijah has gone. Do we agree? Yeah. It was Elisha that was what? That was left. And Jehoshaphat said, Go and bring me Elisha. Share and tell somebody again. Amen. Because I know it's, it's quite challenging, don't worry. So we are reading 2 Kings now. So we'll go to 2 Kings chapter 8. I'll show you what it's called. That, that will be second to the last picture we'll read on that. 2 Kings chapter 8. Go to verse 16. Now, who was the person that king that sent for it? Jehoshaphat. Okay. Now in the fifth year of Joram, uh -huh. the son of Heah. Yes. King of Israel. Yes. Jehoshaphat having been king of Judah. Uh -huh. Jehoram the son of Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoram the son of Jehoshaphat. Yes, ma'am. Began to reign as king of Judah. So what happened was that Jehoshaphat died. Do we get to that point? Jehoshaphat died. His son, Jehoram, began to rule. Remember that when Elijah was taken, Elijah went to see Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat now has a son that later became king. Who was? Jehoram. Jehoram. So let's go to Second Chronicles. I just want you to go ahead like that. And I will tell you to go and think about it. Second Chronicles chapter 21. Verse 12. And a letter came to him from Elijah. A letter came to him from Elijah. The prophet says. Yes. Thus says the Lord God of your father David. Uh -huh. Because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat your father. Exactly. Please. Did he send my post from? God help us in Jesus' name. Do you get it now? The Bible says. The son of the king that you talked about, when the son was alive, became king, Elijah sent him a letter. I don't know where the telegram has came from. Do you, do you, do you try to get what the Bible says? Yes, I can. I'm not saying what you. Uh, what you know, I'm telling you what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. We are free to have um, opinions, so God is not offended at that. But I, I just wanted to say because I didn't want to, I, said, I could have brushed it aside and said, Jesus said, Nobody has come to heaven. And you would, have, you, would have, you, would, you would just be saying, No, I don't think it's true. And that's it. That's, you just, just move on. 
I understand. Because so many years, <laughs> people believe. Now, why did the Bible say Elijah went to heaven? If you read from Genesis down to when the Bible talks about sky, it, talks, it calls it heaven. You never see anywhere in the whole testament where sky is called sky. It's called heaven. And if Elijah was taken away like that, Elijah would not be ashamed. He would say, excuse me, I saw him with my eyes. It's so quiet. Hallelujah. This is why I don't like these silent teachings. I just go, I just go, let's just, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Hallelujah. Amen. Do we get to that point? Yes. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I worried more? Pray, more pray. Hallelujah. But it's just good to understand the Bible. The reason why people don't have problems or concerns about what what is that is because we read that part and we don't think that ah wait a minute. But the Bible said somebody went. How come? This is contradicting. People don't think about it. Just read one part of the Bible and that's it. So let's go into the prayers of resurrection. Amen. But that's one major thing that happened. Jesus cleared that place so that you and me will not be trapped there. Now let's go to Colossians. Let's 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 make up. Amen. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter two. Let's go to the prayer aspect. Colossians chapter two. Amen. The Bible says about Jesus. The Bible says that. The Bible says that basically verse fourteen. It said, "Having wiped out the writing of requirement against us, he nailed it to the cross. Having taken out." Have you taken it out of the way? So he nailed it to the cross. Then the Bible says that, I want you to please notice what the Bible says. I, I am sorry I keep using this word. Please notice what the Bible says there. In verse 15, it says, Having this hand, principalities and power, what the Bible did not say is having destroyed. There is a difference between this hand and destroyed. This is why Christians are trying to say, ah, you know, there is no, uh, uh, Jesus has done everything. I am, I am here to rest. Jesus disarmed them. He did not destroy. At resurrection. Now, as we go further, we discover that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse 24 to 25, it says, it, it said, then, then the hand will come when he delivers the kingdom to the Father, when he puts all things under his authority. For he must reign till he puts everything under his feet. And, it, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. 
What did Jesus conquer when he went to heaven? Please don't read the Romans for me. I'm just, we are, we are, we are learning. <laughs> Amen. What Jesus conquered was death. How come the Bible is saying the last thing to be destroyed is death? Because that's why the Bible says, death, where is your sting? It doesn't mean that death is destroyed yet. It means that that thing that it can use to harm is taken away. Does that make sense? That is why I started off by saying as Christians, we fight from victory. Because the devil that we are about to face, this thing in it, Jesus, this hand hit and took it away. Jesus disarmed it and took it away. So when you are standing as a Christian, that's why Jesus said, Etujuka. I'm sorry. English is not automatically Be over. Amen. Be of good cheer. Amen. The, um, I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. Amen. That better you just just decide to come with your body. It's not Amen. Hallelujah. So why would he not he said it is finished? So why am I still fighting? Because what he took out was the stink inside it. So that you can deal with it yourself. Resurrection tells us that even if the devil pulls up and does this and that, the stink is gone. That's why the Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion. Do you know what the Bible did not say? The Bible did not say in his around life. The Bible says in his like. And that was why the apostles were so concerned that if Christians do not understand these things, it will be difficult. And see, the resurrection is applicable. The Bible says that if the, if, the, if the spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwell, Romans 8, it says, if the spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells within your body, it shall quicken that mortal body. I'll give you some practical examples. And please, I am not saying that is the general, I'm just using that as an example because that is what we are quick to quickly point out. There are occasions that people are in France here. Even recently, someone was in France. A person was at the back. A person had a particular sickness. So I walked up to that person. Where they were in France. And I began to pray. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in that body activating it at that time. And by the time I finished the prayer, we finished, I finished the prayer, 
I just turned back, and the person, I don't know what is English now, what's up, Ali? He come down. Hallelujah. Amen. So, why did the person? Because at that point in time, what the Spirit of God was doing in that body was because to deal with that root of sickness. There was someone that had problem with their leg at the time. And the person was telling me, I have issue with my leg, I have issue with my leg, I have issue with my leg. I was... But the person is also uh, a, 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 a philanthropist with God. You know, they only come to church once when they... And I was praying and I thought God was saying, no, the Bible says, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in that body, if that person will not stand and mean use that person, you, there is nothing. Then that day the person was in trance. And I took the oil. Because the Bible says that if anybody is sick, let them call, let the elders anoint that person. And the person finished giving messages. And wanted to descend. <laughs> Amen. I said, no, 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 just leave, leave, leave the person there. And by God's grace, we dealt with that leg at that point in time. Why? Because the Spirit of God was active in that body. That's what I'm saying. Resurrection is not a story of last year. Please. Okay, I know that some people are thinking, ah, me that I don't shake, because what happens to me? <laughs> you don't have to shake. I just use that as an example for us to see. That is why there are some people that, you know, the challenge of sickness, at times because they have retired from. And I know that one is for children. So, children, we the. Uh, most, yes. uh, most senior, senior but whatever it is, uh, we don't we don't draw those kind of things. Yeah. And you'll be backing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Since you are retired, Atma is well retired. God grant me, God grant us understanding. There are some things within the fold that is at work. But we have graduated. We become very senior people. That God is appealing to us. God help us in Jesus' name. So when that spirit is in you, it quickens your mortal body. It quickens your mortal body. I would hand it this way. Resurrection is a testimony of the power of prayer. Jesus said, like Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The way I agree with that. The question is, did Jesus raise himself up? 
Jesus said, this is what will happen. But he could not raise himself up. So when you go to Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, said, who in his days, that is Jesus, in his days of the flesh, when he offered prayers and supplications to and cries and tears to him who is able to save him from death. Jesus, before Jesus went to grave, the Bible says he prayed. Please, don't forget me there. <laughs> if Jesus had said, I will raise up in three days, don't worry. <laughs> Give me coffee and... Um, <laughs> there will be knocking on the door. <laughs> Jesus will. The Bible says he prayed to him who is able to save him. That I must resurrect. <laughs> if Jesus did not pray, what would resurrection be like? If Jesus did not engage the power of resurrection in the place of prayer, he has been saying to people, I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he told to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. It's not a problem. Don't pray. I don't know if I can remember. I don't know that I was standing with Mary and Martha when Lazarus God's talk inside. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, we began to pray. Ah, that's how he was come out though. <laughs> yes, I said, because he was, he was, he was, he was, I was young then, but I can't still remember the way the prayers were going on. Now, that's how he was come out. <laughs> and that's how he was come out. My first time, my <laughs> Are you saying to yourself, ah, I am I am a child of resurrection? If you don't pray, it will just be a signboard. This house logo, this house is the house of resurrection. No problem. Jesus said the same. But he had to pray. Please notice the type of prayer we are talking about. The Bible says he offered prayer and supplication with cries and tears to him. I am not saying you have to cry all the time. But what I'm saying is that it was the prayer that came from his heart. If resurrection is to repeat itself on a daily basis for you, you must come to the place of prayer like Jesus did. Or else, resurrection will be a story and not a reality. But that prayer is the prayer that comes from within. The title of what we're talking about is Resurrection as it pertains to me, my own resurrection. The last scripture. The Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. But to those who are being saved, 
What did Paul say? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. If resurrection is a story of yesteryears to you, the Bible calls those people, not me, foolish people. But if resurrection must be power to you, then you must get to a point where you begin to say, you know what, Jesus rose, I too must rise. If we are talking about any kind of sickness whatsoever within your mortal body, it's interesting that God said to us today, serve the communion. Why? Because the Bible says the life of the flesh is inside the blood. And when the life of Christ comes alive in you, it quickens your mortal body. And that is what communion stands for. That's why Paul said, because you took it like that, that is why you are sick. Did you read it in First Corinthians, I think? So that's why you are falling sick. That means that if you take it correctly, what happens? Amen. We are going to pray. It's a time of celebration. But it's a time for you also to recreate your own resurrection. Connect yourself to the resurrection that happened. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.